This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Morning, everybody. Crappy Mondays. And welcome to the News Agenda with me, Fleet Street Fox. And today I'm joined by my fellow Mirror columnist and associate editor, Kevin Maguire, who is up there in red trouser land at Manchester Tory Conference. Our sympathies are with you, Kevin. Um, Thank you. Review. So get into the comments, ask us your questions. Those of you listening later on the podcast will just have to open a window and yell at Liz Truss. Good luck with that. Now, what have we got for you today? Well, the mirror has splashed on an open letter calling on the Prime Minister to do the right thing and give free school meals to all primary school pupils. It's been signed by a host of celebrities, including Brian Cox, Kate Winslet, Ed Sheeran, Olivia Coleman. Elton John's kept his name off it for some reason, um, who's all say that hungry children can't learn and free school meals is the best way to level up and make sure every child can succeed. Kevin, the question is, I suppose, is this going to make the tiniest amount of difference to a man whose personal wealth dropped by 500 grand a day last year and he still didn't notice it? No, I don't think it will, actually. Uh, I think it's the right cause. Uh, free school meals uh, for all primary school kids in uh, in England. In fact, I'd extend it to secondary as, as well. Um, Wales and Scotland are bringing in their own schemes. Parts of England have it already. Uh, London, for it, instance. The, yeah, the Labour Mayor, Sadiq Khan, a few of the cities have taken action. The, but the case, it's it's a heavyweight list of stars are all in, you know, engaged socially and politically, including Ed Sheeran and Olivia Coleman, as you say, Kate Winslet. And I think the case, they just put, one, there's a cost of living crisis, so it will help all parents, because at the moment, free school meals, if you're on more than £7,400 a year, your kid doesn't qualify. So you could be on universal credit, really pretty poor, pretty hard up, and you don't you don't qualify. So a lot of those kids, so it'll help in a cost of living crisis, but it'll also help all those just, but you could, could be on a reasonable working class, middle class wage, but you're still feeling the pinch. Uh, but secondly, they point out that any any teacher, support staff and parents too will tell you that a, a hungry kid ain't going to um, focus and concentrate at school. They're, they're going to do less well. And in the long term, that will hit the economy. It's not just going to hit them individually, mm. which is a tragedy. It'll hit us all. But now I don't think it will. Um, Sunex close his ears to it. Um, in, in the interest of political fairness and objectivity, point out that Keir Starmer, and Labour at the moment are not committed to uh, to, the, to this policy. He's resisting to cost about a billion pounds. Well, as the mirror points out, that's one seventh of the inheritance tax cut they're uh, toying with for the very, very wealthiest uh, one in 25. Yeah, exactly. Now, having, speaking of someone whose child has just gone into year three, I think as well what's happening is because this seems to be sort of somehow subsidising the the freer food for down the, the younger years that do get free school meals for reception yeah. year one and year two so i think in some schools what's happening is because i'm being asked like two pound fifty a day to yeah. feed my daughter at school now the food that she's getting is not worth two pound fifty a day and i'm not mm -hmm. spending that every day anyway so she's going with a packed lunch sometimes but i'm so i'm sure that that is how the school is balancing its books 
to help fund those uh, the younger years who are getting it free. And therefore, you're paying yeah. more anyway. And so it's, it's kind yeah. of a bit ridiculous. And there's a billion pounds there, like you were saying, that can go into the economy and pay yeah. bills and do other things and, and no. generate the cash. It's not like it's just money down the drain, is it? No, that, no, that's no, absolutely right. And of course, free school meals for your, your years one and two. But uh, infant schools are back in uh, back in old money. In my day, that was brought in by the coalition government, the condemned coalition government, or a few good things it did. The Lib Dems pushed uh, for that, and it just seems almost crazy to me that you know, the infant schools it's free. Then you go to primary, year three, you you know, a couple of months old, and then all of a sudden you've got to pay two pound fifty a day, as you say, which is about the going rate. That's twelve fifty yeah. a week. Somebody's got two kids at school. Uh, did the maths very quickly. That's twenty five quid a week, or you're talking about hundred pounds a month. That's a lot of readies. That's a lot of cash yeah. that people will find who just don't qualify. It's about two million kids in England do qualify for free school meals, which is now one in three because child poverty is is going up. But there are people just over that level, the seven thousand four hundred, who don't qualify uh, and are really feeling the pinch. So it will be a big help to them. I think it's just it's what type of society, what type of country do you want to live in? And I think a, a country whereby we all pay tax and we all get something out is a good one. So someone will always say, well, the millionaires kill get a free school meal. Well, there's not many of them, uh, and I don't begrudge them. Um, what I'm probably more anxious about is if that millionaire is dodging their tax. Exactly. That makes a difference, doesn't it? Now, what do you think, everybody? Do you think free school meals should be rolled out for everyone in primary school, or is that a bit much? Is it is asking a lot to start feeding other people's children as well? Um, and it's a parent's responsibility. What do you think? Get into the comments and let us know. Um, now, the, the story is reporting there that more than four million children live in homes without proper access to fo food. And that means that those families have reported skipping meals, eating less, going hungry just to make ends meet, perhaps feeding the kids but not having food themselves. And that's, you know, after 13 years of Tory government and uh, levelling up, apparently. Now, only children, Leanne says, morning, let the children eat, for God's sake. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Um, now, as we were saying, only children in reception and year one and two get their school meals for free. After that, you need to be on benefits. And many of those families that are skipping meals on, on those benefits. Sarah says free school and college meals up to the age of 18. People do seem to think, Kevin, that this is the way that, you know, that it's not just free food. It's giving those four million parents some money back. It's putting money back yep. into the economy and it's creating children that learn better and have more fuel in their bodies, which makes them healthier. You limit trips to hospital, you grow the economy, they get better education, they get better qualifications, they're wealthier in the long run. Is it the fact you think that it's the long run that is the problem here? You know, because th there is no immediate benefit to someone for doing it. There, you know, maybe twenty years before you see the results, and that's why they're not yeah. doing it. Yeah, you know, like, like I think it's a win-win-win. Uh, but I think you'd you'd also win votes if you, if you did this. You put it in a manif manifesto. I think it's just whether there's the political will will to do it. That's what it's all about. You, you're you're quite right. Uh, to see the real benefits you you need kids to go through and, and be fed next to a trial group that weren't being fed really to show the benefits which would be a bit cruel um but yeah, you just you'd get an inst you announce it you'll get an instant plus but again it's just i just think we need i want to live in a country where we all pay in we all get out and everybody's everybody's looked after yep you work it you work if you can you pay make work pay itself but you have a decent uh, education system, a decent health system, a decent welfare state, you have a law and order system that works. All these things are 
working in a in a Britain that you could call it broken or it's just breaking, uh, and it could just be a better Britain. And I think, and, and I think in edu education, yeah, you know, it's just, it just, it, it's just, it's just a no-brainer. I mean, that is it. There's study after study showing hungry kids suffer at school, and so their lives are blighted. They're held back, and that's a personal tragedy for each one of them. But collectively, it shames us. And we all we all end up paying because they, those kids won't be as engaged and productive going down the line as they they would have been if we'd have fed them. Yeah. And it's it. I get I get annoyed with Starmer on this as well because he he won't do it. And Bridget Phillips and the Shadow Education Secretary. Yeah, she was a free school meals kid herself at school. Uh, you know, lone parent, solo parent, family done incredibly well. A great success story she wasn't born with a silver spoon or anything uh, anything in her mouth no no was starmer or there was a bit more money in his house i suppose the problem there was his mother the nurse had that terrible stills disease which must have really been very difficult to cope with as a as a child but um you know bridget fullerson won't live a shadow education secretary won't advocate free free school meals for all because uh, you know they're they're worried about well if you're going to spend money you'll have to show how you're going to going to pay for it and uh, they're really worried uh, about that but I think you've just got to be you've got to be bold and visionary yeah and you yeah you can, you know, the governments always find money in budgets when they want to spend it that's what I mean the idea there's just this finite amount of money it ain't true it's not like a household budget. It just isn't the case. No, the Bank of England just prints more money when they tell it to. That's how things work. Now, yeah. I always thought that the, the part of the reason why we have issues like this is because the people who are making the decisions are those who have never had to find themselves at the till and have to put something back on the shelf yeah. 47 pence short. And that's yeah. kind of the situation that we're in. I mean, Mark, Mark, he was saying there he was a free school meals kid between 83 and 88, had free school meals. Deb was saying everyone should have the free school meals. It doesn't seem to be an issue as far as voting is concerned, and that's something they object to, and everyone can see the benefit. But, and it must be the way of doing the maths just to say, well, look, we spend this now, we get back X in 10 years. There, there must be something in the calculation somewhere they can do that would keep the city happy and they could therefore make the policy. No yeah, you know, I, I think there is a right. I, my starting point is there is a moral argument uh, for it, particularly all those people who are just over the breadline uh, and uh, just don't qualify. You know, because you've got an income in the house of uh, just over seven thousand four hundred, which is what about one hundred and fifty quid a week. Just mm. it's around, around. It's not, it's not a king's ransom by any means. But I think there's a, there's a moral argument because those kids. You know, those kids in particular are going hungry. The, the wider economic argument and helping the cost of living crisis, all those families who were once doing okay, uh, maybe on a, you know, the average wage of 31,000, but now they've uh, felt the squeeze and then with the next election, they're gonna be worse off than they were at the last election. I think there's a, a real case to, to help them, but it's, I just come back to this, you know, this philosophical argument. I just really feel it is so much better if all kids uh, are, f are fed, you don't then, you know, divide them, uh, which I think there's sometimes a bit of a stigma still around free school meals. You know, kids can be pretty cruel with each other, but it'll, it'll help. You know, it'll help middle class families, and you know, they you yeah. know get them, to, get them to pay their taxes and get something out. It's 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 what type of welfare state do you? Are. I'm afraid the yeah. Tories are just going for for reducing it. I want I want the welfare state expanded. Yeah, so we're, we're all looked after. People seem to be in favour of it. Mike was saying there, I'm sure that 30p Lee will soon be explaining how parents can feed their children for less. 
Leanne yes. was saying that um, it's a we're right and it's just a no-brainer. It should be happening. Uh, we have to just wait and see, won't we? But if they're prepared to spend £169,000 a head deporting people to Rwanda and being unkind, mm -hmm. then I suspect spending £2.50 for a hungry child is probably a bit... Yeah. yeah. 30p Lee, that'll be Lee Anderson, the Tory MP, uh, up in uh, Nottinghamshire, very very right uh, very right wing, uh, who, of course, claimed that people could cook meals for 30p. I also remember when he said uh, MP shouldn't take double jobs, uh, and now he's got a hundred grand. <laughs> Yeah, job on top of his 85 grand uh, parliamentary salary with them at GB News. Uh, yeah. He could cook for 100 grand, 30p for a meal. That's about 333,000 meals he could cook with his 100 grand. That's, that's probably most, that's probably a good Monday's meal for everybody. I should think at the schools, that'll be handy, wouldn't it? And it I is, yeah. Questions, everybody, because uh, one thing we're going to talk about next, and of course we're at Tory conference, and that's really the main story of the day, to be frank, um, in Manchester. Now, last year, if anyone can remember back this far, it was a chaotic bloodbath because Liz Truss was Prime Minister. Uh, the Queen had just died. They were just, I think she had just made or was just about to make them their fairly um, awful budget announcements. Uh, and the economy was collapsing around her ears. And the whole party that was there was busy telling anyone who'd listen they'd have to get her out. It was just a mess last year. Now, Kevin, you're there this year. So what's the atmosphere like this time with their bright new hope, Rishi Sunak, who's going to solve all their problems? Oh, was an era of defeat, uh, resignation, uh, I, I think, uh, in, in truth. It's like being out of wake. Uh, I think they know they're, they're done for. Sunak's trying to uh, bang the drum, trying to gm up but you can see they're all jockeying you know those those contenders you know michael go will talk about tax cuts well they don't want to talk about tax cuts and certainly not the taxes he wants to cut because they want to cut other taxes and suella braverman is is just getting more and more bigoted uh you see kevin Batinot wants to stop the world so little britain can get off and join russia and belarus outside the european convention of, of, of human rights everywhere everywhere you look uh they think, well, he's gone. It's gonna who's gonna be the leader next time? Who's gonna gonna be the queen or king? Who's gonna be the queen or king king maker? Um, it's also got to be said, it isn't only HS2 that will be coming to Manchester. There's a lot of Tories not coming to Manchester. It's not very big. Truss might be the big draw later today because she's in town and she's utterly shameful and shameless. She's gonna make yet another speech justifying what she did and uh, proved to be disastrous. And you know, it's it's a I'm I was right to her. She's yeah. uh, she's speaking again, so I'll pop along at lunchtime to enjoy it. It's just you know, it's just imagine like a show with the Muppets, so they all go in and they're all mad. And, you know, Make sure there's plenty of acid in your pen. Um, because <laughs> I think I need it. Now, what do you think, everybody? Uh, do you agree with Kevin? Is this a dying party and they're just holding awake, or can they somehow find a way back to it? Other papers were reporting over the weekend there is a path to victory for Rishi if he just does X, Y, and Z. Um, but you know the A, B, and C seem to be defeating rather than yeah. You know, Foxy, I'm not sure it is um, as uh, wide as a path, even a narrow path. I think it's more like a tightrope. It's probably about that way. And I think uh, going along gingerly. I mean, you know, I suppose if the if the general election is going to be around this time next year, some people think it could be May. I think it's more likely to be the next autumn. That does make fifty odd of Harold Wilson's long weeks in politics when. Harold Macmillan's events can occur to mm. try and save them. But the die feels a little cast. People 
thinking, well, they're done, they're spent. There's Louise Casey, a peer who's an independent peer, but now leans towards Labour, said yesterday. And chatting to Tory MPs, what, what they fear on the doorstep is people saying, well, you've had 13 years. If you've not fixed the problem now, you're not going to do it. And then you're the problem. And that's, yeah. that is difficult for them to, to answer unless unless Labour and Starmer imploded some way. But there's no sign of that at the moment. No, they seem to be pottering along, don't they? Lynn says, uh, uh, if childcare wasn't so expensive, a lot more mums would go to work. Spending mm. £1,000 a month on childcare is very ridiculous. You're right. And, of course, getting yeah. mums to work is a benefit to everybody. Um, yep. Now, as you say in today's paper, the Tories are basically holding this wake. Uh, and I think even the most ardent supporter of the Conservatives, do we have any who watch this show? I don't know. They might have all left by now. But they have to admit, there is at least there's one wing saying we need to have more tax cuts and another wing saying, oh, we can't afford to do that. There's mm. one wing saying HS2 is just too expensive. We need to cut it. It'll be HS1 in a bit. And the other wing going to say, no, no, you just have to do Northern Powerhouse Rail. And, of course, it's all happening, this conference, during the longest strike by junior doctors and consultants in NHS history. And there's train strikes, too, still staggering mm. up, making it difficult for people. So Liz Truss is going to be appearing at this event about half past 12 this afternoon, um, in which she's going to be saying that they just need to make all the tax cuts that she promised last time and that, honestly, it'll all work out fine. What are the... Why? 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 Why, Kevin? Why doesn't she get it? How can anyone stand in the middle of that china shop with all the bits on the floor around her and then go, well, this was the best possible idea? Yeah, right. On a, on a human level, you wonder if she just uh, confronted the enormity of a personal disaster, being the, uh, the briefest uh, prime minister in history, 49 days she managed to make in the end and how it all went wrong maybe maybe you collapse you know. maybe you just have to you keep saying i was right but i, I think she's ideological uh, and she's just an ideologue and she just really believes in all this nonsense she's she's spouting and that there are people who will invite her abroad to give her lots of money to hear her she'll mm -hmm. speak for free today i mean i might I'd, i think i'd rather chip in not to hear her and uh, get our silence but it is it's just you know you, you get it ac across politics i suppose you get it in all walks of life too people just say I'm, I'm right i'm right i'm right even when there is verifiable evidence you know, facts that will just contradict you and prove you are are wrong she just she just plows on there's a you know there's like a touch of madness there isn't there yeah I mean, well, it's just, it's, you do get it across all sort of parts of politics like you say but i just the idea of just being to go not having the self-awareness to go do you know what i might just I might keep my head down for a bit and go and do something else for a while uh, and let this one blow over and everyone's forgotten about it. I doubt she's going to improve the Tories' prospects at all yeah. when she did her thing today. Um, but, I mean, what do you think, everybody? Do you think this trust was right? Do you think we do need tax cuts? Is the tax burden too high? Bear in mind, if you have tax cuts, you've got to have cut cuts. You've got to cut something to pay for that. And what are you going to cut? Because uh, everything's got a pothole in it. John says she's doing a comedy act. Possibly, possibly. Maybe she's being paid by Keir Starmer to bring them down. Who knows? Um, but she's yeah. certainly going to get some coverage, isn't she, Kevin? Oh, yeah. And uh, um, she, do she doesn't do comedy. She's got no sense of, of humour. Um, in fact, she was really put out. It was the Daily Star newspaper that put a lettuce on the front, remember, which will last longest. Uh, the lettuce or, or Liz turned out to be the lettuce. She actually said she just did not find that very funny now. Most politicians, you, you might not find it funny being compared to a, a lettuce, but you wouldn't—you'd pretend it was funny. You'd want to laugh. You've got to find a way. And 
I do hope, you know, Kevin, that the mirror's chicken outfit has been switched for a lettuce and that it's going to be someone at this <laughs> event today dressed well, as a human lettuce. Yeah, I'm, I'm afraid it is. I think the, the chicken's in its coop and not been seen for some time. Um, mm. But you know what rivalry is in media organisations because the Daily Star had the lettuce and there's no way the mirror is going to They're not going to let that one out, are they? No. Well, I hope the lettuce I mean, you and I might. But, uh, I hope the lettuce uh, I think Starmer should set up a group Labour for Liz and keep campaigning for her because she is, she's a great, she's a great asset for Labour. Yeah, she works very well. Now, Mike says there'll probably be a bigger audience for Liz's intervention than at the main stage. The, the main stage has been pretty empty, hasn't it, Kevin? They haven't been talked Whoa. about very much. We've had that story there. It's been flashed up. There's more issues about HS2, which Rishi's having to face. Yeah. When he makes his speech, you know, he's got... He's got Suella Braverman positioning herself for the job of Reichsführer. Mm -hmm. She's got Ke he's got Kemi Badenoch spouting off Michael Gove, mm -hmm. chief of taxes. Now as your prime minister, you want your your team, the top team, all singing from the same sim sheet. But has they have they has he noticed that they're positioning themselves to take his job? Does he is he giving any indication? I mean, he just seems to be blindly blathering on that he can definitely win and everything's fine. Yeah. He must know. He, he, certainly, the team around him will know. But it's: Are you strong enough to confront them? Are you strong enough to impose discipline? Are you strong enough to tell them no? Uh, and if they keep on doing it, are you strong enough to sack them? And the answer to all those is no. He's not. He's too weak, and he, mm -hmm. he's just not not strong enough. He can't take the he can't take the row. But you know, you mentioned the main stage in Manchester Central. They call it, which is a wonderful conference area they've got a they've got a big hall they used to use they don't use it anymore they've built where they used to put the press the media or scribblers they've built a a new internal uh hall there and even which is much smaller and even that isn't full and there are just loads of empty seats for these so-called big speeches it's a it's a party with far fewer members than it used to have uh many of those that, that exist are dead <laughs> so, uh, or nearly dead uh, and then those those who can walk and talk don't want to spend the expense and come here because it's it's just not buzzy yeah so, and it's good a lot of members are sort of a bit adrift from what the party's doing you know the party yeah. a lot of those in government are sort of drifting further and further to the right and the, the grassroots are the normal middle englanders barely centrist to go no no they're not actually no because remember uh foxy they voted for liz trust to be their leader it was she was their robot their experiment and it went mm. Yeah, they, they rejected this you know, last summer, summer of last year, they rejected uh, Rishi Sunak. And it was only when Truss imploded, the choice of the Tory grassroots imploded, the choice of Tory MPs imploded, they did a dodgy deal whereby Sunak was imposed on us as Prime Minister without even an election of Tory MPs, never mind Tory members. They just he was the only candidate who stood standing after the nomination process. And that was in part because Boris Johnson didn't want to have another go because he realised he hadn't got as many nominations and the MPs were being against him or they possibly could have run a grassroots uh, election with uh, Tory members. But he, he did soon acted a very dodgy deal with Suella Brahman, Home Secretary. So she didn't stand. She backed him and she'd been sacked by Liz Truss for security breaches. And a week later, she got her job back. 
Mm. Um, so it's a it's you know it's all a mess and i think people have just kind of cottoned on to that who may not follow every spit and cough and little detail but they just feel as a kind of incompetence and as they look at their their mortgages their loans their rents how much yeah. money they've got in their pockets they know they took it they took a huge hit and paid a very high price last year which has continued through for Truss's lunacy. Mm, exactly. But definitely a bit of a sense of fan de siècle at the Tory party yeah. conference, I think. Now, Alan says the Tory members aren't there because they can't get a train to Manchester. Not surprised. They probably can't get through the strike or picket lines either. Um, now, there's one thing that's got to happen. We've got to talk before we go into good news, which is Rishi's going to make a, a big speech. And in this speech, he has to take in tax cuts or tax rises. He has to take in HS2, schools, the NHS... He's got to say something about those things and he's got to say something that would try and unite or have a big idea or sell something or somehow this was going to be his big reset, wasn't it? This was going to, you know, start the party up again, ready for an election, we heard. Have we got any sense of what's going to be in his speech and whether he's going to be able to pick his way through all that? Yeah, well, I, think, I think the line is uh, you've, you've had the pain, don't throw away the gain and risk it with Labour. That's, that's broadly... It is world events have created all these problems, not us being in power 13 years and the change like it was Putin and COVID, which in, in fairness, there is some explanation in some of the problems in Putin and COVID, but they just sound increasingly like excuses. Uh, um, but he's, he seems to be thrashing around to just excite a base. So he's going, well, right, I'm going to have a war on the war on motorists. Well, what war on motorists? Who's fighting it? If uh, there's a war on motorists, you've been in power for 13 years, is it you? But at the minute he's, he's asked the old uh, helicopter in Sunak, he's asked to come down to earth and explain what this uh, war on motorists is. Now he's going to resolve it. And he, he has a car crash because he can't ex explain it. He, he can't stop the boats. Uh, he hasn't stopped the boats. He should never have promised to stop the boats. He might be able to stem the boats, but he won't stop the boats. So then you just have more, more mad, horrible bigotry and prejudice and inflammatory language from Suella Braverman. It's just like he's thrashing around. You get, he's trying to get lots of little, little bits out to incite uh, enough people to somehow get uh, get a base. Some people say actually, it's not really about winning. It's a, it's about damage limitation now. But I think prime ministers they talk to talk to others. They they always hope tomorrow is going to be a sunnier day somehow. But he, went, he says, let's be honest, let's be straight talking, let's take decisions for the long term. Well, it looked like something HS2. HS2 is the long term. He's, he's gonna, it looks like he's going to pull a plug. But he won't even say he's going to pull a plug on it. He says, let's talk about the future. Well, what's the future of HS2? Yeah. I'm not saying. I mean, it is. You know, you're, in, you're in a city, Manchester, where it was going to come, and it now looks like it's not. And he won't talk about it. I suppose he wants to get out of Manchester before he says, right, it's not, it's not coming up. But... You know, a big infrastructure project. You can't get any more long term than that. You can't get any long term. He said, "Take the long term decisions," but then he bottles it. Yeah, bottles it this week. It's cowardly, actually. It's not. But also, know, it's he just wrong. It's cowardly. It's kind of it's bad politics as well, in a way. Just one point before we move on, because um, you know, he's clearly not going to be there next year. He knows he's not going to be there next year. So whatever he decides to do, he's basically firstly he'd be, you know, that would be kind of a legacy for him. He could say in history, you know, that was me. I made the decision. 
and he'd be yeah. dumping the bill on the other guys, right? Which is surely in his best interests in the long term. But that yeah. he's just not interested in planning for up after his demise. He's not interested in having any kind of a legacy, it would seem. He wants to go off to Disneyland and California and stay there. But we'll yeah, have to see how it pans yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. He has no vision for the country, really. I mean, he's, uh, he was a casino banker, a speculative banker, uh, a merchant banker, but be careful how to pronounce uh, that. And uh, he's just a bean counter. And was it uh, your definition of a cynic, you know, the price of everything and the value of nothing? And I, and I, yeah. I just genuinely believe that is, that is him. Yeah, well, uh, I don't think we'll have him for much longer anyway, but we, when's his speech? It's tomorrow, isn't it? No, you got to wait. Uh, you know, just you know, just contain your excitement, Foxy. You got to wait until uh, lunchtime uh, on uh, on Wednesday. Lunchtime Wednesday. Oh no, we've got trust this afternoon. Anyway, so that'll that'll keep us going for a bit. Really? We'll have to, we'll have for to Liz, live for labour. Really? <laughs> Thanks, Liz. <laughs> keeping us all on our toes. Um, anyway, we do. Thanks for taking us through all that, Kevin. Uh, and thank you for your questions, everybody. Do get into the comments if you've got anything else you want to ask about how the Tory conference is going, how the red trousers are looking this year, um, or whether there's fewer of them than usual. Perhaps they've turned into purple or yellow trousers. Those kind of things happen. Yeah. Um, but first off, we have found some good news in the world for you. And here it is. Now, this is a bit of good news, really. A survey by the MS Bank has discovered that 61% of us have almost 100 quid in foreign notes and coins lying around at home. And this is because perhaps you haven't had time to change it back after your holiday, if you could afford a holiday. Perhaps you're <laughs> unaware that they've grown in value because the pound has absolutely tanked recently. Um, or perhaps you just haven't had time to, you know, you, you're holding on to it as a memento, something like that. But there's definitely, for 61% of us, 100 quid of something lying around your house if you need it. And most of us do. Now, Kevin, is this proof that if Jeremy Hunt wants to make ends meet, all he's got to do is ask Rishi to rummage down the back of the sofa and find whatever he's got left over from that summer trip to Disneyland? Yeah, I bet you uh, rich Rishi has got more than 100 quid. Uh, you'd bring up the average, wouldn't he? But it's uh, it's quite <laughs> When you were when you were setting out, I, think, I was thinking, yeah, I've got I've got US dollars and euros, which are which are great. I'll go back and be able to spend. I'm not sure my Vietnamese dong will ever be spent again. Um, oh, it, Kevin's it, dong lying in a in yeah, a drawer. Yeah, no one's ever going to see it. Oh dear, I wish I hadn't said that. I should have just said <laughs> Vietnamese currency to you, and you you twist it like that. <laughs> well, I'm one of those people that when you get to the airport, I spend the last coins. I will find something, even if it's a pencil sharpener, that will take up yeah. the last few dib dobs and go, that's it, it's gone. I'm I'm clear, I'm done. I don't understand yeah. taking it home and sitting on it. You I know, but you, you know, that, yeah, that's why they, in departure lounge, they charge you so much because they, they know if you go certainly Vietnam, where I was there, the prices were enormous. They were just so much higher because they, they realised everyone would be just getting shot of their currency. Yeah. It was a nice little earner for the government. The words enormous and dumb uh, are coming out of... I've got done it again, haven't I? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's, been, it's been a I long... I this week. was a family show. <laughs> <laughs> it's going it's to take a long time. Thank, perhaps it's a, good, a new policy anyway for the Tories. Uh, make make several million pounds if we all manage to find stuff down the back of the sofa left over from holidays that we last were able to take. 
uh, or a pencil sharpener. I could always offer up if you <laughs> needed it. Um, thank you for that, Kevin. I'm afraid we have to let you go and endure some Liz Truss. Um, but I'm uh, sure yeah. we'll get through it. And yeah. uh, I expect you to hackle loudly from the back of the room, please. Um, and we will all be back again on Wednesday morning, everybody, for another edition of the News Agenda. And we'll be looking forward to Rishi's speech and probably dissecting what Liz was up to. And goodness knows what else has been happening since then. So we'll see you on Wednesday. Until then, everybody. Tati, bye. Bye. Bye.